is Tuesday. I'm Drew Bergwist. This is my show. <laughs> I mean, we don't do that on Tuesday. I know. Oh, sorry. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's kind of fun. Kind of fun. Some of you were not. So, obviously, there was issues with Rumble yesterday. Rumble hit by a massive cyber attack. Lots of companies were, but Rumble certainly uh, was as well. So, we didn't have the show because it just was down all day. It actually ended up. <laughs> ended up coming back you know in the evening but you know we just didn't know it was way too uncertain but we did have booze and banter on locals where we revealed tom cunningham's haircut voila and there it is look at that young man it kind of looks like he's back in high school now you know just with a big beard i bet you he got carded last night when he excuse me son we're gonna need your your id so there it is well, and no, I didn't dye my hair. Just all the, the the way that my hair came in, all the long strands were gray. So once you cut off all the gray, it's back to my original color. Yeah. You know, and what I've noticed, too, is that your hair looks thicker. Really? Yeah. Oh, it looks so thin. Yeah. It looks really thin, long, but right now it looks thicker, like you have more hair. Younger. Yeah. Younger. Yeah, more appealing. Younger, faster, now I just stronger. Need a wax. Yeah, let's, uh, we're not going to show that. I can, t- I can promise that much. I mean, should we? No, we shouldn't. We shouldn't. It's not going to happen. <laughs> Reminder to sign up over on Locals, folks. It's drewberquist.locals.com. Then use promo code DREW30. Mash together. No space. DREW30 to get a month free. That's our Christmas gift to you. You get to go over there. Be a part of the community. You'll get a challenge coin sent to you. We're going to send out links for the newcomers at the end of this week. Uh, to get your address, that is. So we'll have that uh, on its way to you. You get access to booze and banter. You get access to other contests we're doing, <coughs> other premium content, etc. So go do that. Uh, it's drewberkwist.locals.com. Again, use promo code DREW30 to get a month free. Once that month's over, it's only half the cost of what it used to be. It used to be $10 a month. It's only $5 a month now. We're just in the giving yeah. mood. You could also you could just hit that. Locals, the yes. locals button that's right beneath us right now. Right beneath us on the player here on Rumble. So go check that out. Let's get into some news. So we talked on Booze and Bantry yesterday about Biden. We shared a clip where he's... 300 billion trillion million. <laughs> yeah, but just throws a bunch of numbers out. Obviously, that's not surprising from this this dude. But he had another. I mean, he just he, kept going with his week. I, I figured it out last night. He's trying to be like one of those auctioneers. 300 million trillion million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But he was just really slow about it. He's yeah, got to so pick you up his speed. Fast. You yeah. got to have you got to have a little twang in your voice. <laughs> you got to have all of that. He's got none of it. But he he continued his week of gaffes. And, and lies. First first with this one, where he kind of does his little half jog. He's at a fire department. And he does his little half jog on. And then, like, says something like, I mean, I, I don't even know, like, what he's saying. But listen, it's in the background. There's there's some weird noise coming in the audio here. That's not us. That's that's just the, that's just the Biden administration. Take a look. Ooh. Did he say Gutentag? 
He it, has no idea what he said. I think he was thinking of, of saying something like hoorah or something like that, which doesn't fit with the fire department, and then just came out with... Maybe he was saying coup d'etat. It kind of sounds like that. Maybe, uh, you know, maybe it's a warning. I, I, but my question is, is he saluted the fire department, but we rarely see him salute the Marines outside of Air Force One and Marine One. All we, He just gets on the plane and goes, doesn't turn around and salute. Now he's saluting firefighters as if it's that's what he's supposed to be which, doing. Which is great. He should. Yeah. But there are plenty of times where he does forget yeah. the, the... The people who serve this country. Yeah. He's a disaster, but so he's there. He he says whatever that was, and I, again, I don't know what the the audio issue was with their clip, but that was disastrous and hard to listen to. But we're past that, and now you've got to listen to him tell a fire story again. He's told he, he this is one of those stories that he tells repeatedly about where his house almost burned down, and it's one of those ones that's like so many of his stories, completely not true. And yet he's told it so many times. He's got dementia and, and cognitive decline happening so fast that he really just straight up, you can tell, he believes it. He definitely believes it. Let's listen to the tale one more time. It also saved my home and my wife's life. When I was away, it was the last day uh, that uh, the most famous guy doing Meet the Press uh, in Washington, D.C., and I was doing the program. And uh, what happened was uh, there was a lightning struck a little pond behind my house, hit a wire, came up through the basement of my home and three stories, and the smoke literally ended up being that thick, literally that thick. You've seen it. You guys have seen it. I wasn't there. And my wife was there and my, my dog and my cat <laughs> and my 67 Corvette. <laughs> There's the Corvette reference again. But that's, we've repeatedly been told, and it's been proven, that that actually didn't happen the way that he describes it every time. Yeah. It, I, I think the name he was looking for was Tim Russert. <laughs> he said the most famous guy on Meet the Press. I was doing an interview with that most famous guy from Meet the Press. <laughs> I, I looked up the story, if you'd like me to read it. Sure. So lightning struck the home of Senator Joseph Biden, starting a small fire that was contained to the kitchen. No one was injured in Sunday's fire, which started amid a storm case, you know, there was flooding in Pennsylvania, but no one was hurt. Small Almost fire. Almost lost my house. And my wife's uh, life. Yes. And my wife's life. It made it sound like she had been overwhelmed by all the smoke in there. The fire department had to take axes, bust in the door, pull her out, kind yeah. of like in backdraft, and make a mad dash Great reference. as well as, fl as, as flames engulfed the entire house. Yeah, Fire Chief George Landborn said, luckily we got it pretty early. The fire was under control in 20 minutes. <laughs> 20 minutes. I almost lost my house and my wife. <laughs> Towering inferno. Even the media, who needs to blow things up for clicks and reads and to have a sensational story, said it was a small house fire contained to the kitchen. Yeah. Sorry, Joe. Yet again, another story of yours. Doesn't check out. Fact check, false. Must be nice to be fact checkers. They get to just say everything we say is wrong. <laughs> Provide top cover for their team. Maybe we start a company where we are the fact checkers. Seems so laborious. But maybe. Maybe. We could have AI do it. <laughs> they would turn off. Yes, they would. <laughs> they would our, our masters are, are conservative <laughs> Nazis. <laughs>
All right. Uh, so <clears throat> we've got another. You maybe have seen this clip, but we've got another school board video for you. And this woman just crushes it. We, we, we've seen a lot over the years. We shouldn't have to have seen a lot of these videos over the years at school board meetings and PTA meetings and county meetings and all of that. But we have because things are so bad. The education system so broken, so corrupt, so hell-bent on dividing the nuclear family and just pouring all sorts of smut into our classrooms and into your children's minds. But there have been people standing up. This woman <clears throat> does a hell of a job. We haven't seen one of these for a while, but this one's going viral. And it's going viral for a reason. Let's, let's take a listen to her, and then we'll discuss. God bless this mother. Watch this. Hello, everyone. Um, I've been coming here for five years now, and I was going to talk to you about some practical things that I thought you could change about 3210, but I've changed my mind. Um, I've been really confused over the last five years as to why we spend 45 minutes to an hour of every public meeting talking about how great everyone is and how great everything is in the schools, and now I've figured it out. i figured it out because all these people came here to defend you all from hurtful words. This is obnoxious. Let me just say, there is one goal for the educational system. It should be to prepare children to enter careers to be productive members of society. It is not a counseling session. It is not a self-help area. It is not somewhere to find yourself. And we should not be led by the children, for goodness sake. The children are called dependents for a reason. They depend on us who have fully developed brains. You cannot feel your way through life. The issues that we are talking about, we are bringing you statistics. We are talking about scholastics. We are talking about funding. We are we're talking about busing. We are talking about trying to figure out how to make our children be as successful as possible. And I am sure that that is your goal. And what we have been called tonight is what they're claiming that we're saying to children. We're having an adult conversation. There are not children in this room. We aren't going into the schools and calling them names. They call us Marxists and hateful and bigots and everything else under the sun. Well, let me tell you, less than 5% of the entire population of North Carolina identifies as LGBTQ. You guys all claim you want democracy. Well, you know what democracy is? It's the majority plus one. It's 50 plus one. You know what? More than 50 50% of the people in this state claim that they believe in God, Almighty God, who made us male and female, God who made marriage between a man and a woman, God who said that we must protect our children. The fact that we can stand up here and we know, we can brag about all of the wonderful graduations, but we know, we know the statistics. 50% of children did not pass their end of grade tests. What are we celebrating? We have, we have children coming up here telling us how horrible the mental health crisis is. Why? Most of us went to public school, and all of, our, all of our peers are not in mental health crises. We have to ask ourselves, what are we doing to our children? I'm going to say, we are discussing things with them that they are not emotionally, intellectually, and morally able to handle. That is what is causing the anxiety. That is what is causing the depression. That is what is causing the confusion. We need our children to be able to be children, to be able to be innocent, to be able to enjoy children childhood and not know all of the drama and all of the difficulties in adult life. That is what we want. We want our children to be able to read and write and to think for themselves. And we demand that the children who fear God are protected in your schools.
That was awesome. That was great. <laughs> Absolutely on point. I mean, I can't think of one thing she said that wasn't true. I can think of a lot of things the left, of course, would have issues with. But that's, that's the point of this. I mean, her talking about how this is preparing people, which is what it's supposed to be. It's not supposed to be indoctrinating them, putting more stress and pressure on them, confusing them, making them emotional train wrecks, dividing the family. It's not supposed to be any of those things. It's supposed to make them productive members of society, as she said. And it's not. So much of the world has become this, not just the, the educational system. But it's not, as she said, it's not a self-help course. It's not a safe space. It's, not, that's, it's none of those things. And it's, 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 it's incumbent upon us, the adults and community members, to say, this is what this is. This is what we're doing here. We do value and love you, which is why we're doing this, but you also don't really have a voice at the table, as she talked about. Like, we can't be listening to the kids. They are dependents for a reason. I just love everything she said. And I love the part, too, where she brings up stats because it, it's the same thing on a national level. She talks about uh, catering to the 5% in North Carolina, 5% meaning the representation from the LGBTQ plus community. That, that's about the figure. It's, it's like seven per, between 5 and 7%, depending on how who's reporting and what you include and don't include in there nationally. And we find ourselves nationally kowtowing and placating to this group, which is not to say we should shun them and be cruel and mean to them. We shouldn't. We should love them. But, but changing how we all go about our lives and what we teach in school and what we all that's no, you, that's just not that's I mean, no one ever would come to that unless there is a purpose, which there is, an intent behind why they're doing this and why the left and, and the big machine is pushing this, no one would ever come to that conclusion. It's like, you know what? We should really, we should really focus on and change the curriculum, things that, that align with, with this small population that almost is a, unseen it's so small on the map. Yeah, well, we've entered the fourth industrial revolution, and... What we're seeing now in school is a twofold agenda that they have. It's it's more about conditioning and indoctrination than it is about educating. And the reason I see it as being more about conditioning and educating is to dissolve the, the family unit, just as the Democrats did to the black population in the 1960s. That's the goal that's happening now. Mm-hmm. They the The powers that be, the permanent Washington, need to have division in families. So that way the government becomes the surrogate parent. And when it comes to educating kids, it's with the advent of AI, you don't need to teach kids things. I think we do. You think we do. But for them, for for permanent Washington and the, the globalists, they just want people to fit into certain categories and just be and be under um, uh, under some sort of control where they just act accordingly. This, you know, with the third industrial revolution, he took everybody out of the woods, off the farms, and got them used to bells and you know being being to school on time, breaking for lunch, and then breaking for for uh, for when school's out. And that was all conditioning to get them used to the, the whistles going off in factories. So this is all about 
siloing people and trying to make divi even more divisions within the makeup of our country. So you have, and it also, and it's a way to control the population because if you're not reproducing people, then all the better because we're always told that there are too many people on the earth. So it, there, there's a myriad of reasons why this is being done and they're all very sinister. The, the, the biggest thing that, that the government and the globalists want is not for people to think for themselves, just to do as they're told. And you have to have this kind of brainwashing that's going on in schools right now to say, oh, you're a victim. Oh, you might be trans. You know, gender is fluid. All of this, it, you know, it, it all leads down the same road of we just need certain people to do certain things and the government will choose what you can and can't do, where you can and can't live. It's all conditioning. So when they come into the workplace, they've been, they've been, you know, indoctrinated so much and conditioned so much that they will just do as they're told and not think for themselves. Yeah. Well, I mean, <clears throat> th this is a great reminder of why limited government is good. This and and why people have 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 are doing this. There's conditioning. There's all these things so they can get more control, seize more control. And it's a bigger. I mean, moreover, more importantly, it's just another huge, like massive siren going off that you should see visibly here audibly that we have gone way too far as a country not you individually per se but as a country strayed way too far from god you you look at the issues that are that we're being told we're all wrong on despite scripture being very clear on all of these issues and and you feel like you're taking crazy pills but it is it's just a great reminder of hey you guys I've seen how this one ends, and I, 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 not me, but I, I know because we've been given this playbook, what's right and what's wrong, and I know that what's best for our country or any country or any community or any person is always going to be in alignment with God, and right now we're not. And I, it, it's, really, it's really scary to me, not just because of our – look, I've got four kids in school, two homeschool. Two, two still in the public system, but at young ages in a safe spot. But it's, it's, it's terrifying to see all of this, but it's, it's terrifying on the bigger level of just how out of whack we are as a country. And, and you've got people fighting. And I don't know where that person stands spiritually who just spoke, that woman who did a hell of a job. But you've got people fighting back and you've got people saying and acknowledging it's not like this is the only, I'm the only person, this is the only show that's saying, hey, we've gone a little too far off the course here. But there, man, there's it's the, the only way you can describe what's happening in this country is spiritual because it's the, the types of things we're talking about are just next level wrong and evil. Oh, I mean, I was just looking on X today and there's pictures that, that are being shared all over the place with the state capitol in Iowa yeah. having a satanic shrine. Right. You know, it, I was in the airport maybe four weeks ago and i see this guy come cruising down in the terminal wearing a shirt that says hail satan on it so it it, it just we're, we're seeing it everywhere and it's becoming more prevalent and for some reason that seems to be like the cool hip thing to be into is devil worship and a country is not a world is not going to survive if that's what your default is
Yeah, hundred percent. Well, and remember, I mean, I think you guys all know that with with the whole thing that happened in the Pride section with Target, they hired a a known like prominent Satanist to design all of that stuff. Yeah. I mean, what we're pouring into our not just our kids but our communities, man, it is just it's it's absolutely insane. Well, there's a reason why our founding fathers put in God we trust in the nation like it was it was a part of the thing we they trusted in god not all of them were believers but they knew that we can't trust in a man to 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 run and rule our country we need to trust in god that he's gonna give us the guidance to move forward the way we need to for this country yeah and that's gone away they took prayer out of schools all these things it's gone i mean look at this we see a lot more people openly worshiping satan we see you know on tiktok it it, it popped up and then went away thinking that Osama bin Laden was the good guy, and now we see people looking at Hamas as freedom fighters. Right. Everything is upside down. It is. It, we are totally in the upside down world, which is... Bizarro world, yeah. It's so, so freaking strange. Well, someone who, who at least speaks on, on a platform of faith and, and says it's important to him, I hope it genuinely is, is the new Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson. We were going to get to this yesterday uh, before all this stuff happened with Rumble, but Mike Johnson has been saying that impeachment inquiries, not an impeachment per se, but impeachment inquiries are ramping up and it's time and the evidence is there and yada, yada, yada. Well, he, he sat down in a diner on Fox, Fox and Friends this week and described in, in a response to, to the interviewer how it's still going that way, but how he takes it very seriously. And, and I, I have a different take slightly different take i will say eh, maybe not slight but a different take than he does let's listen and then we'll discuss speaker let's pick up on what uh, we were just hearing from pete uh this inquiry is underway they're yep. voting this week to have an inquiry some of the folks in this diner say there shouldn't be an inquiry of joe biden there should be an impeachment proceeding you would say what well i would say we're the rule of law team and we have to be very deliberate and careful about that i've said several times and it's true that next to the declaration of war i think impeachment is probably the heaviest power that mm. the congress has the house specifically under the constitution so we have to be very methodical and careful and follow the facts where they lead the impeachment inquiry is the next necessary step because the white house is now stonewalling our investigation okay i know as conservatives we're all about the rule of law and order and 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 that should be the case I, i'm not disputing that laws should matter actions have consequences justice should be served when when it when it all that you know fits the bill but we've talked about this before you're talking about following a process and procedures, playing by a set of rules that your opponents refuse to play by. And you expect something to change and something good to come from it if you just stay within the confines, not necessarily within the rules, but within the, the like restricted, even more limited scope that Republicans have placed on themselves. And I just don't see it. This impeachment, first of all, you talk about it's the second most powerful thing we can do as Congress next to declaring war. Well, you guys haven't declared war since World War II. 81 years was the last time. So, yeah, okay, you're taking that seriously, but we've had wars since then. <laughs> right, and how? How? You circumvented rules and you came up with resolutions and, and other means 
by which you can send our sons and daughters to go fight and die. So obviously it's not that sacrosanct. Right, exactly. So, so you can come up with a way to do this. And, and moreover, the left, the way they played this, reminder, I know I say it all the time, there had been two impeachments prior to Trump's last term. Trump was impeached by a Pelosi-led House two times, just as many as had ever been done in the history of the country in the last several years. And they weaponized it and just made it a political tool. Was he forced out of office? No. Was it just for headlines and to drag him through the mud? Yes. Would it be the same thing for Biden? Is the Senate going to vote him out? Are they going to get the, the two-thirds to actually get? No, they're not going to. But it doesn't matter because what we want to see as, as, as everyday Americans who feel like, and I would say now no in most cases, that we don't actually have an opposition party. We don't actually have a party fighting for us. They're just all on the same team up there in Washington. Sands a rare few. We just want to feel like you're doing something. So honestly, and, and, and these guys are, what, what, what kind of surprises me about this too, is I'm saying, I want you to just to do it. Use it as a political tool. Some people, oh, that's shallow and that's stupid and it doesn't do anything. I don't care. Do it anyways. Impeach Mayorkas, impeach Biden, impeach lots of people. There's plenty of people who need some impeaching right about now. But do it to show that we have some fight in us. And if you're a politician who just manipulates and takes advantage of the, cons of the American people and your constituents, and you get up there and make sure that you give enough sound bites that sound like you're on par and on task, you would know that all this is is political theater anyways. So just do it so you can say you were behind it. I, I mean, right? I mean, I don't get why they're not doing it because they know it's not going to go anywhere. It's yeah. gonna, it's, it'll get through the House and he will be impeached but he won't be impeached to the point where he's removed from office. So just do it so you can say you, you did, and then you're appeasing this rowdy America first crowd that you're, you're, you're scared of, but you need. Yeah, they, I, people like Mike Johnson and other Republicans always want to act like, oh, you know, we're the people of law and order, we're the party of law and order, and we're above the fray, and we're just not going to run willy-nilly into, into things. What has that gotten us? It hasn't gotten us anything. It's, it's gotten us the Republican Party going along with the Democrat Party. And how has that worked so far? It's worked terrible for all of us. Yeah. There, there isn't one good thing that has happened out of it with this uh, coalescing of the uniparty. We are, we're the ones who bear the brunt of everything bad. So it, at least, at least go out and try, fight a tenth as hard as Democrats fight. Just show that fighting spirit. If not, then, then what's the point? Right. Yeah, and a lot of us are at that that point, sadly, where it's it is kind of you feel that way, at least of what is the point at this at, 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 given it's surrounding government, surrounding our political culture in this country, and all the division and all of that. Not not in terms of faith and everything like that. I'm not telling anyone to be clear to give up on life and your family and all of that. You shouldn't. Right. You sh you should charge ahead positively and figure out ways to to make things better for your family and your community and all of that. But when it comes to the Republican Party and any so-called fight back against the left who doesn't play by the rules and goes hard to the hoop all day long, every day, all year long, you do, you get to that point. It's like, what is the point? Like, these people don't do anything. So 
And that sounds, well, you're admitting that it wouldn't actually accomplish anything. It wouldn't accomplish anything in the sense that he's not going to leave office. It would show the, your people, your constituents, the voting conservatives in America that you're trying to do something. Because it's impossible. I mean, I can tell you, I know I reference it all the time, but when you're fighting extremists, you know, over the course of the global war on terror, the rules of engagement and all the things that you could do at the beginning of a war, always have fun at the beginning of the war because it changes and goes south quick after that. <laughs> so get your fun out. But the rules and, and how you can operate change drastically to the point where you're handcuffed almost everywhere you turn. And the enemy, extremists, in the case of global war on terror, you know, uniformless, you know, ID-less, all of those things, people who are fighting and doing crazy-ass stuff to ensure that they kill you, which is their life's purpose and goal, it's really tough when you, when you have your hands tied behind your back to fight people who are that ardent and are willing to do anything and everything and think outside of the box. That's how it is here. The left does that, and, and our side takes this approach of, we're going to do it on the, on, the, on the up and up, and we're going to do it by the rule of law, which, again, you can, use, you can stand within the rule of law and still be more aggressive, but we're going to take that tact and hope it works well. How has that worked for us? It hasn't worked, and it's such bullshit when the Republicans say that because they're the ones who are like, we don't torture. But you know what? Uzbekistan does, and so does Egypt. So we're going to, you know, we're, we're going to push our torture onto those guys and, and let them take, you know, the people that we capture. It's just, it, it's ridiculous when they try and make this argument that somehow they are, you know, the, the keepers of the rule of law. Right. All they're doing is getting bitch slapped every single day. And for most of us, we're sick of it because we have nobody advocating for us. Yeah, exactly. No, we, we, we do feel lost, abandoned, all those things. And it's <clears throat> and you and then you look around and you see the greatness this country has to offer. Yes, we're seeing some difficult times right now. We've got some division. We've got some serious culture war stuff going on. But it's still worth fighting for. And then you see no one fighting for it. It's like. Seriously, you're just going to let this go? Because at the rate we're going, if you're not going to fight back in a meaningful way, politically speaking, that is, not, not, I'm not talking violence here, you're essentially just saying, okay, you take it, have the country, mold it, shape it, shift it however you want, because that's, that's how we all feel. Meanwhile, we're screaming in the background like, bro, yeah, pass the ball, do something. The Republican Party's are the Ellis from Die Hard. When Hans Gruber and all the terrorists come in and take over Nakatomi Plaza, he's the one telling, you know, uh, uh, John... Uh, McClain? John McClain's wife to turn himself in. And then goes in and is like, you know what, I'm going to negotiate. That's what I do. You know, I do multi-billion dollar deals every day for breakfast. And then he goes in there and gets shot in the face. Yeah. That's what the Republican Party is. Hans. Booby. Booby. Yeah, every <laughs> single time they go in there. They're that oily and that kind of just like limp dick people that have no backbone, that think that they do, and they're like, I've got this, and go in and then just get totally annihilated. Yeah. Meanwhile, Joseph Takagi, admirable man. Yeah. You're going to have to kill me. I'm not yeah. A rough time of year for all of us how was that for a reference for you that was a great <laughs> i like that you worked it in there i really did um you know it, we don't have enough diehard references in life we just don't 
Disco sent me a picture last night of a great Christmas ornament. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's like it's a little mini version of McLean, you know, in the vent with a lighter. It's a Lego. It's it's all made out of Legos. So he's got the lighter in the air vent. <laughs> it's nice. fantastic. Come to the coast, have a few laughs. It's great. It's absolutely great. So something we talked a little bit about last night on on booze and banter over on locals. Again, you can sign up for locals, get a, a free month uh, at drewberkwist.locals.com. You can use promo code Drew30 to get that free month. But we talked about how Alex Jones was reinstated on X. And just to kind of rehash this a little bit and talk about it, because I, I think it is important. Th this is a great win. People on the left obviously losing their minds. Oh, my gosh, you let that far-right neo-Nazi terrorist on. Conspiracy your, theorist. Conspiracy theorist. You let him on there. But as, as we've said on the show before, Joe Rogan said again, I think it was this week that he did, like, look, man, here's the deal. I'm not some big Alex Jones fan. I don't watch his shows. I don't like his presentation style. I don't dislike the guy. I have, I, I have no relationship with him. I don't hate him or anything like that. He's just not my cup of tea. I know he's a lot of people's cup of tea. And then I know there's a lot of people who absolutely loathe him and want him dead for his takes and views on things. But the last time I checked, it's, 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 we're, it's slipping out of our grasp a little bit. America's a free country which means you can say and think what you want. You can do what you want to a certain extent, knowing that there are, of course, consequences. But in terms of speech, you're allowed to say what you want. And then also, and we talked about this last night, he's right a lot of the time. He's dead wrong on some stuff, to be clear. Sandy Hook, some other stuff, but he has the right to say those things, as dumb as those takes are. But still, seven, eight times out of ten, he's he's been right on a lot of stories. So, And even if he wasn't, let's say he which is a better percentage than I think most people give him credit for. Even if he was zero out of 10, he's still allowed to, you're allowed to be an idiot. Have you looked around? We have so many loud idiots, some of which have hundreds of thousands, if not millions of followers. There's, there's no law against being an idiot and, and sharing your views. Yet. Unless you're on the right, in which case there has been. So I, I think this is a great victory. I really do. Am I going to sit there and wait with bated breath to see what Alex Jones tweets or X's out? No, I'm not. I, I really could care less for the most part. When you I'll, say X's out, it sounds really bad. It does. But it is what it is. I didn't change the name. Elon did. But I applaud Elon for doing that, for sure. I think it, I think it was the right move. People on the left don't like Alex Jones because he's right the majority of the time. What they hate even more is his presentation. They just think he's, oh, so rough and blustery and this and that, which he is. But what the, what the left really hates more than anything else is they hate the truth. And they hate the fact that they can't be the ones in control of the truth. That's what we're seeing right now. That's what this whole struggle of the nation's soul is over is who controls the truth right if you if you start denying the truth you're you open yourself up to letting evil waltz right in and that's what we're seeing right now are there some good people on the left yes of course there are but the people who are really pulling the strings right now on the hard left are as evil as human beings that the planet has ever seen before yeah because they're forcing people to deny the truth. Yeah. And and shaming them and or putting them on lists and or uh, Lord knows all the different consequences for, for sharing something that's truthful and trying to help the community. Well, 
Alex Jones is goes on Twitter. He's back. Infowars back too, by the way. Some of his people back. And they go on. Uh, I don't remember if we played this on Booze and Banter last night or not. But they. This? Yeah. No. We did. So uh, he goes on and is interviewing Alex's Elon Musk during a Twitter space. You got Mario Defall, you know, Elon's main Twitter space guy there. Bunch of people in there. Jack Posobiec's there. You can see in the second there when the screen comes on. I mean, literally tons of people. Dave Smith, tons of people were at this and listening to it. You can see at the top, and I think the number's higher now, but 2.3 million had tuned in at the point of this tweet. But this particular moment was interesting because Vivek Ramaswamy was there and forgot to mute his mic and then (laughs) went to take a piss and was called out by Alex Jones. And to his credit, he owned up to it. Here was the the instance. Decide not to have children. That's all I'm saying. Elon Musk is promoting an optimistic pro-human future that the science and evidence shows is real and that we need. Gentlemen, I have to yeah, go. Yeah, I, I just, I just okay. want to be sort of, uh, yeah, exactly. I want to be clear about my position. I'm, su- I'm super pro-human, and I mean all humans, uh, you know, humans in America, humans in Somebody's Africa, got their thing Asia, open. And everywhere Somebody else. Somebody's got their phone open in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, Vivek. Vivek, that's, that's your phone, Vivek. I'm not able to mute you. Vivek. Uh, <laughs> go ahead, Elon. Um, Sorry about that. So, um... <laughs> well, I hope you feel better. I feel great. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. Um. <laughs> so, so Vivek relieved himself, but he owned up to it, said he felt better, you know, joked with it, rolled with it. And that's how you do it. That's how you roll with the punches. A lot of people would just, like, vanish from the, the space. Yeah. It, it, oh, I lost connection all of a sudden. But but he, <clears throat> he lived up to it, owned up to it, which is one of the reasons why he is – you know, very popular, not not specifically because he was urinating on during a Twitter space, but I mean, because, who knows? because he just comes off more engaging than a traditional politician. You can't sit there and have a conversation with most of the people who take those debate stages. Vivek is, is one of the ones who you're like, OK, this guy could be fun to talk. I don't know if he's genuine or not, but we could shoot the shit. We could watch a game together. We could we, we could do that. And, and kudos to him. He owned up to it. Yeah, I I would much rather sit down with Vivek than than Mike Pence or Mitt Romney. You don't say. Because those two are, you know, they're they're the quintessential Republicans where they're just drips, man. They're saps. They're they're stiffs. they, They have no personality. They have no edge to them. And for so many years, that's what the Republican Party was. And then Trump comes along and upsets the apple cart and upsets those jerks. And so now the the Republican Party is having the struggle because they know that the the the, the guys is up, right. that they're actually part of the uniparty. And people are starting to wake up, and I don't know if it's too late or not to try and right the ship, but, uh, you know, the people that we supported for so many years, it turns out they hate us just as much as the Democrats do because they're not willing to do anything to stand up for us. They're not willing to stand in the gap. Right. Nobody is. You know, so, oh, sorry. Go, Tom. Finish. Yeah, well, I'm just going to say nobody is except Donald Trump because he said it himself. He's like, you know, they actually hate you. I'm just in the way. He's the only one standing in that gap. Well, I would say he's the only one with with a big platform standing right. in that gap. Yeah. I mean, there's a few more, the Eli Cranes, the Annas, yeah. the Annas of the yeah. world. Yeah, they are standing in gaps, too, but he's standing in the biggest gap. Yeah. yeah. No, 
Agree. Agree. I was thinking about this clip earlier today. He could have, Vivek could have said, sorry, guys, I was pouring a drink. Instead, because even though this was like, oh, you're in the bathroom. He'd be like, oh, I was pouring a drink. Even if he was pouring a drink, yeah, or, yeah. he still just leaned into it. Yeah, that was me. Sorry. My bad. I feel great. Had a good laugh about it. And it is what it is. Everyone goes to the bathroom. Yeah. My bad. I mean, it was most unbeated. people don't do it on the phone. Although, hey, there's times that been in spaces and stuff. You go to hit mute. It doesn't mute. And it, it, it is what it is. You forget, you, you forget you're even unmuted. It, it is, you know. He probably had his AirPods in, walked away from his phone to go pee. Tell he had no what, idea. It's a hell of a lot better than Jeffrey Tubin on his Zoom call. Yeah. There, that, that one's hard to recover from. That's not one where you're like, yep, my bad. Just uh, what were we talking about? Like, you, you got you to gotta bolt from that call and, and maybe find a safe house for a while. Lay low. That one's, that one's very different than. But he's back on TV. He's back on TV. I still love when he came back on that. They, I forget which CNN chick. I, I remember she was blonde had to address it right off the bat and basically be like, so we've got to address the elephant in the room here. You were <laughs> masturbating during a Zoom call and caught and, and had him explain it. And then him trying to explain, it's like, honestly, guys, you probably should just skip past this and try and get right back in rhythm. <laughs> yeah. Right. Try and fool people into thinking he's some legit legal analyst. He's not. But you fake everything else. Why Why are you trying to be real and genuine on this particular story? That's a good point, because that's part of the Me Too struggle session. He has to, you have to have public debasement in order to, to express that you have sinned against the, the this whole virtue signaling populace that we have now. And you know what? They never forgive you. No matter how many times you apologize, no matter how many times you do whatever they're asking you to do, it will never be enough. This was to embarrass him. Nothing more, nothing less, to publicly humiliate him. So it's like, it's akin to him pulling his pants down and being spanked in front of everybody. But I don't necessarily disagree with you, but if you're gonna do that, if, if you're gonna treat one of your own that way, they tend to take care of their own more, then why pay him buku bucks to come back and be like, Trick him into to doing that. Hey, everything's going to be good. Say it on air and then fire him. Like, treat him like trash because that's how they treat most people. But it, but but why? Again, I don't disagree. That's kind of how they operate. Like, but he's one of theirs. So in order for them to save face, he's got to humiliate himself. He has to go through this humiliation process. Yeah. And that way, it shows everybody else who are following along that oh, if I mess up like this. This is what I have to look forward to. And then it also gives them a leg up on people who aren't following, you know, who aren't part of this Marxist regime, that this is what you have to look forward to. We did it to one of our own. What do you think we're going to do to you? Yeah. Fair point. Fair point, Tom Cunningham, and your fresh new look. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let's get, to, uh, let's get to question of the day, and then we'll squeeze in a quick break. Uh, before we get, we have a heavy second hour here, so let's let's get that in now. <clears throat> Excuse me. The question is this: We've we've done what is the most underrated Christmas movie Ooh. least talked about. Now the question is: What is the most overrated Christmas movie? Mm. What gets too much praise and and just has you feeling kind of like, eh? Careful, these could be fighting words. What is the most overrated Christmas movie? Send your response in. We'll tell you ours after this quick break. 
Christmas and Happy New Year! Never miss an episode and experience the best live in-show engagement with Drew and the crew on Rumble. Be sure to subscribe to Drew's channel to be notified each time he goes live for the best commentary, the best skits, and outstanding guests on the issues that matter to you. You can do so on the Rumble app by searching Drew Berquist, then click subscribe, or by visiting rumble.com forward slash Drew Berquist on your web browser. I'm excited to announce that we're bringing back our best offer ever on our original My Slippers. You save $90 a pair with your promo code. And now My Slippers come in even more sizes smaller sizes, larger sizes, wide sizes, and all new styles and colors. Get them for your friends, your family, your neighbors, everyone you know. What makes My Slippers different is my exclusive four layer design that you're not going to find in any other slippers. My Slippers patented layers make them ultra comfortable, extremely durable, and they help relieve stress on your feet. I'm so confident that you and everyone you know are going to love My Slippers that I'm extending my 60-day money-back guarantee until March 1st, 2024, making them the best Christmas gifts ever. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen now. Use your promo code to save $90. That's only $49.98 a pair. Quantities won't last long, so please order now. All right, folks, welcome back. Reminder, question of the day was, what is the most overrated Christmas movie? We've done underrated. What's the most overrated? What's the one when people are like, oh, we should sit down and watch this? And you're like, uh, what is it? <laughs> it's a tough one. The tough one for sure, Tom, what are you going to go with? I'm going to go, and this is going to be very unpopular, and I'm afraid David might jump over and smash me with the board right now. Oh, okay. All right, let me get it right. I'm going with Home Alone. Oh, wow. Okay. All why, right. why would you think I would be mad about that? Because <clears throat> I know how much you love that movie. I like Die Hard more than I like Home Alone. Okay. But Home Alone's good. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, all right. That's, that's, that, yeah, that's going to spark some controversy. <laughs> but that's what this question's all about. Yeah. <clears throat> Tis the season for division. <laughs> this Not to say that I don't like the movie. I'm just saying it's overrated. Okay. Fair point. Disco, what are you going with? I'm going to go with Polar Express. I knew you were going to do that. I know. 
I just, I, it was, this was the first Christmas season that I've ever watched it. It was boring to me. I don't know. Like, maybe I watched it as a kid. I don't know. It was very, like, drawn out. There was a lot of awkward silence moments in it. I don't know. It just wasn't, wasn't my cup of tea. But people are like, Polar Express is great. I remember, like, years ago when we first met, we talked about it. I was like, I've never seen it. And you're like, you've never seen Polar Express. You've got to see it. And well, just, mostly for your kids. But, yeah. But yeah. I think it's an adorable movie, too. It's It's got a cute message. Yeah. Um, no, I, okay. I, 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 the, the message, everything is great. I just feel like it's an over... Over, people feel like it's one of the best ones out. I don't think it is. That's that's my unpopular opinion. Okay, um, I'm gonna go. I'm, I'm gonna go with something that's probably also unpopular, particularly with the demographic from this show. But I'm gonna say a combo. Okay. And this is likewise. I'm gonna add the caveat. I do not dislike these movies. Okay. I'm just saying that they're overrated, and I don't watch them. They're not in the repertoire anymore. And I'm going to go with It's a Wonderful Life and okay. Miracle on 34th Street. Okay. Everyone talks about them. They're leg- and they are legendary. Part of it's because they're older, and now we have a bunch of new stuff on the list. I just— Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah, there's some great lines, some great moments for all of them. But, like, let's be honest. I mean, some of you do. So, like, do you sit around and watch it every year still? Those two have been off my list for a while. Yeah. I, but a lot of people swear oh, that's – and I, a lot of – I think a lot of the reason people say those ones still is, is nostalgia, which is which is honestly why a lot of these films make it on, you know, your top list, that your, your, your cycle that you watch during Christmas. But I just kind of like, yeah. yeah. Like, hey, let's sit down and have some – eggnog or this that and the other and put on that it's like oh man really like with all the other like i got a call coming in yeah, my I, phone's ringing it's, it's christmas eve drew i know that's <laughs> i'm a business owner, yeah. so, you know <laughs> yeah that's 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 what i'm how do you feel about uh, it's a wonderful life tom it, it's a classic you know it, it, it's an undeniable classic it, absolutely but, but I, I i'm with drew i it's not one of my favorites uh i don't think it's the quintessential uh, for me it's not the quintessential christmas movie yeah you know if i could have elf bad santa and die hard on a loop the entire month i would be happy it'd be good yeah so you don't work in christmas vacation anywhere occasionally i mean i like that one too but not as much as those three okay I like it. I like the, I like your loop. It's yeah. a good loop. So, so I forget who it was. Yes, uh, I got. I think it was Houston who sent a comment in, not the city. Uh, on Houston, Rumble. we have a problem. <laughs> the, the, answering the um, most underrated movies, you know, you can comment on the show afterwards, obviously. And it was Bad Santa and Badder Santa was was the response we got there, which which have some. I mean those those are those are funny. Yeah, I mean, Bad Santa, it's a dark, dark. It's dark. (laughs) It's definitely dark. Like, it's, yeah. I mean, it depends on what you're going for, right? I know, and it's involving alcoholism, theft, uh, orphan. (laughs) Yes. Sex. I mean, all, you got it all in there. You got it all in there. Uh, Okay, keep sending your responses in. By the way, last night on Booze and Banter, we were talking about when, when you stopped believing in Santa Claus, so you guys can have that banter if you will in the chat room as well we were all in the first to third grade range give or take 
brothers and, and, you know, other kids and people like that in school. Not brothers for me, but other people in school start to really kind of change things there. But but, a question I was thinking about last night, Tom, did you just decide to stop or did you find out? Like that was, you know, like to me, I feel like you'd be the one that's like, I figured it out. I kind of I think I had an idea. And then I believe it was a kid in one of my classes who confirmed that Mm. it's actually your parents. I love that you're going to a kid. Look, <laughs> I need some advice. Johnny Texaco <laughs> says, "Well, I, I went to another kid. And, uh, my brother was a bit older than I was, and we'd go to Fleischman Park for all our baseball games. Well, his games, mine were at a different place. And I remember going to one of his games, and you'd hang out with other kids and everything. And it was that time where you're, you know, trying to figure out sex or whatever." And I'll never forget, I went and asked this one kid where babies come from, and he was very—he was a, two years older than I am. He, he, he actually he turned out to be a Navy SEAL and had, you know, a pretty stellar career as a SEAL. But he summed it up as basic as basic can get, and I don't really want to repeat it because <laughs> I'll tell you guys off air, but I was like, at that point, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> All right. There you go. There yeah. you have it. But yeah, when it comes to asking kids, that's how, you know, I never asked my parents about sex or anything even remotely related to it. It was like, you know what? I'll just find out because I, I don't have that awkward conversation. Is that why you always have a car battery at the bedside? Car battery? You just asked a friend. I'm just, I was trying to make a joke, but okay. Yeah, that felt you did, you didn't. You did, yeah, you didn't lean into it, Tom. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> So, again, hit that like button, folks. Make sure you're subscribed here on Rumble. All those things help. Keep engaging in the chat. We talked a little bit about that. I don't remember if we played this clip either. Uh, it's not that we were drinking a lot on Booze and Banter. I just No, we talked about this. We did not show the clip. Okay. So, CNN, new poll. CNN, new poll has, has Trump up. By the way, Trump up in Iowa as well in the GOP primary. Things looking better there. It was, there was some question. And, it's, look, it's not over yet. There's in In short time here, we'll find out for certain. But... Looking good there. And then CNN has this poll that has Trump up over Biden big in both Michigan and Georgia. Take a listen. 5 a.m. here in Washington, where we have new CNN poll numbers this morning in two critical battleground states. The news is not great for President Biden and his campaign. The numbers show Donald Trump leading in both Georgia and Michigan. In Georgia, a state Biden carried by a very narrow margin in 2020. Registered voters say they prefer Trump over Biden by 5%. In Michigan, which Trump won in 2016, but Biden carried in 2020, our poll now showing Trump 10 points up. Note that a full 10% of those polled in each state say that they wouldn't support either candidate. Trump's margin over Biden is significantly boosted in both states by people who say they did not vote in 2020. These less engaged voters favored Trump by 26 points in Georgia and 40 points in Michigan. Here to help. All right, so five point, according to this poll, and you should trust a poll about as far as you can throw Rosie O'Donnell, okay? But a five point lead in Georgia, 10 point lead in Michigan. Looks good. Lots of excitement there. And it makes sense for a lot of reasons. One, because people abandoned Trump because they were told orange man bad before. And now they're saying, and, they, and it was it was a, anything's better than Trump kind of a moment, right? Yeah. Obviously, there's election shenanigans and stuff like that. But in terms of the real voters, anything's better than Trump mindset back in 2020. Fast forward to now, and it's 
definitely anything's better than Biden. People are turning on him like crazy. His approval ratings are so bad, as they should be. They should be worse. I don't, I don't even know how he's up to 37 in some of them. He's lower in others. But, like, who are you people that think this is going well? So there's that. And then as she talks about Casey, Cassie, whatever her name is. So there, distraught. There's 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 part of it because of, of voters who didn't vote last time around who are going to allegedly come out and vote again. All this to say, this all sounds really good. The headline reads really good. I just, I, I just wouldn't get too excited, guys. I wouldn't get too excited. Uh, we got to take the wins where we can get wins, and the win could be, hey, you're a Trump lover, and this sounds good to you. So take it, be happy, by all means. But don't don't count on this leading to oh my gosh those are two big states you win Michigan and Georgia and and you're on a you're on a path to victory. I, I would just say not so fast to steal Lee Corso's line, because it, you've got Jack Smith ramping it up, asking things to get sped up. You got the Supreme Court who announced its intention to fast track the evaluation of Jack Smith's request, which is a petition to determine whether or not Trump is immune from prosecution. If he's not immune from prosecution, he's going to jail and will not be the nominee. Period. So you, you've got to just uh, – it's, it it's is a painful reminder to remember. But we get, we get caught up, and you should. You, uh, you should soak in positive moments, and you should be positive and happy and, and joyful, particularly this time of year. But the other side doesn't. We talked about it in the first hour. The other side doesn't play the game the way our side does. And we don't really even have a side, so saying that is, is even a mistake. But our pretend side, our pretend party, doesn't play the game the same way. These guys cannot let Trump get into office. They just can't. They've made that clear. And it's, it's been made clear by Republicans now, so-called Republicans. They, they, they can't let it happen. So if, if, if this goes through and he is prosecutable, I don't know if that's a term, but we're going to go with it, then you, you better be damn sure that's what's going to happen. And even if it's not, I still wouldn't rule anything out just because of how they play the game, how unwilling they are to lose and how much it matters to them. There's some of us who are like, oh my gosh, we're in big trouble if we don't win this election as a country, and we are. There's some people who are like, well, we, maybe we can survive another four or eight years. I, I, that's cute. I don't think that you're right. But, but the other side is 100% steadfast in their commitment to ensuring that he is not the candidate. And if for some reason he is, that he is taken out during the process so he's not the president again. So the polls sound great, but the polls are also all the more reason for them to go hard to the hoop and say, shit, we've got to go into ludicrous speed here to, to overdrive to try and ensure that this guy is not really in the mix because by all accounts, it looks like he's, he's by far walked away with the GOP nomination and he's starting to look like he's going to walk away with a landslide victory in the general too. We can't have that. And then, you, and then again, put yourself in their shoes and, and just look historically, not even historically, look at the last three to seven years, how they play the game, and know that they won't stop till they get their way.
No, absolutely. And if you really think that the the Supreme Court is going to say, you know what, there's nothing to this. This is frivolous and see right through this lawsuit and see what's going on and, and dismiss it and say, no, he didn't commit any crimes that are prosecutable. It's not going to happen. These are the same justices who, when the Dobbs decision came down, and we still don't know who the person was who leaked it, which is total BS because everybody knows who it is just like we all know whose cocaine it was that was found in the White House library. And if you're telling me it was found in a cubby outside a situation room, then I've got a bridge in Brooklyn to sell you because <laughs> that's a lie. Right. And the reason why they did that, and I'm getting off track a little bit, that they put it in that cubby outside the situation room because there were more people that they could connect that bag of cocaine to as suspects. Whereas within the residential side of the house or the library, it narrowed it down to exactly we know who it, who it was. Getting back to this. So after the Dobbs decision, you had every leftist in the whole Virginia, Maryland area descending on the homes of Supreme Court justices trying to intimidate them. Right. You even had somebody fly cross-country to murder one of the justices. But he, that guy, of course, got arrested because he turned himself in. Were there other arrests? No. What happens if they do decide? This is all things that the justices are going to think. How bad is this going to be if, you know, we go against what, what, you know, what we perceive being the majority of people, which it's not. It's a minority of people. Just like the Supreme Court didn't have the balls with Derek Chauvin to say he should be granted a new trial. Right. They're just going to kick the can down the road and go, you know what? It's not for us to decide. Let, you know, let the system, you know, play, let, let it play out in the system. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I think so. I, I don't know. We'll see when, when this decision comes through from them. Fast tracking what that actually means. We, we know that the trial date is March 4th. Right. So it's going to be before then, obviously. So it's. It's 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 probably going to come soon here. We'll see. We'll see. But you've you've got people out there and I want to come back to this point because we're saying not so fast, don't get too excited about the the polling news because of how the left plays. And and every time I say stuff like this, we say stuff like this, there's so many comments like you're an idiot, he's never going to jail. I, I would just say you're an idiot because you're not paying attention to how the left plays. It's not what I want for our country or for Trump, or for anyone for that matter. It's just, that's, these are the facts. The right never counterpunches. So right. if you to think that the intent of the left is not to put him in prison, you're sadly mistaken. That is the intent. Whatever, by whatever means necessary to get that man not to run in 2024, they're prepared to do. And until you come to that realization, you're living in a fantasy world where you actually think that there are two parties. You actually think that there's limited voter fraud. You actually think that the media is a little bit biased and not totally biased right. in a propaganda arm of the Marxist left. You're in a delusional world. And I know I hate sounding like this because I'm nor generally an optimistic person, but when when all the evidence is presented to you and you extrapolate all the information, 
that's the conclusion that you come up with. You realize that nobody has been following the Constitution since the Civil War. You realize that there have been devious things perpetrated by our government who have lied to us for the last hundred and some years. And then once you start understanding the bigger picture of what's going on and what the ultimate goal is to have this weirdo, you know, world government, they can't, the process is already in motion. Yeah. And it's, it's going to be by the grace of God that it doesn't fulfill what I think is going to happen. Other than that, there's no, the, the Republicans who are, you know, the diehard you know, uh, the McConnells of the world, the Romneys, even though Romney's not seeking re-election, they're perfectly fine because they've got theirs. Yeah. And so if there is this new world government, they're going to be a part of the bourgeoisie and the rest of the peasants, they're just going to laugh at the peasants killing themselves. Yeah. There's your uplifting message. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. But, but, but I'm just trying to stress how hard the left is and, and yeah. what their what their goal is. And you, it, it, I, I, again, I, I don't want to sound like a pessimist, but I, I guess I sort of am because when you have one side that comes out and says exactly what they want to do, and then when you start asking questions and pushing back, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist, that's not going to happen. You run, you're, you're under the delusion that we're, that, that our country, uh, we, we share the same values. We don't anymore. We're like five or six different countries right now by the way people think and how they want to choose their lives. Right. So if, it, anything that has ever unified us in the past is gone. No, I agree. It, it's it, Look, I think there is a chance still that he could get through and get back in. I just think it's really small, and a lot of people are playing it like they play the polls, and they're looking at it like they look at traditional odds and everything like that. And that, that those rules and norms just don't apply in the current world of U.S. politics. That's th Those days are gone. I don't know if they were ever there, but they're definitely gone now. It, so it, it, it does sound pessimistic, but... It really is. You, you're, we're at a point you got to prepare for the worst and hope for the best. And you got to know that the left and permanent Washington does not want, at any, under any circumstances, President Trump back in office for four years. They want, at worst, their worst-case scenario is we'll let Nikki Haley be president for four years, maybe even eight. But we're not going to let the other happen. Well, that was one thing last week. I saw a poll on NBC where they showed the margin between Trump and Biden was smaller. It was like five points. And then it was Trump and DeSantis. He had had him by like Trump was ahead of him by six points. But then Nikki Haley was above Trump. And I feel like NBC's like, I don't know where they got the poll from. I'm like, are they just like, hey, yeah, see, vote for even the, the left side media is going vote for Nikki. You know, like they're showing those polls when, you know, like if she is up in certain states, it is. But we know that he has an over commanding lead in it. But it's, they're just they're even trying to shop that like go this way because he's going to be a dictator. Well, you know? can I can I give an unpopular take here? I think that the poll, that poll is probably closer to the truth than a lot of people think, because you think of the fatigue that comes with both Biden and Trump people. I know most of you here are diehard Trumpers. I'm not saying I don't like, like the guy either, but 
collectively yeah. speaking across the country. It's it's done to serve a purpose and to lead down a you know messaging and a narrative in a in an, in a in an information campaign. But I also think there's probably some truth in that if you're being honest, because there's a lot of people who are like. We're going to play this clip in a minute here of Bill Burr, who's like, seriously, are these the only two options we've got? And I think that there's a lot of people in America who feel that way. So you get someone else who's in, and then you add in the identity politics part with, with Nikki Haley, who, of course, we do not want here. I, I'm not for whatsoever, but she's a female. She's she's moderate, because she's essentially a Democrat, <laughs> but but she's moderate. She's a female, and she's a, a woman of color, even though it doesn't appear that way. But that's her that's her family lineage. Her dis- yeah, that's her. So I mean, you can check a lot of boxes, and then the other box that's just a big box for anyone to check is is your name Trump or Biden? If the answer is no, I will not me. A lot of uh, Americans check that box, so I could see those polls being closer to the truth than any of us want them to be. It's why Biden won. A lot of people said it's not Trump. I'm voting for Biden. Yeah, absolutely. Know, like, <laughs> absolutely. And I have family members who said that. I was like, you know, I, I've talked about this before, but it's like, this is what's going to happen. And what I laid out for them is happening. And I'm like, and they're like pretending that it's not happening because they don't want to feel like they're wrong. Right. I hate that. That blind, like, no, you don't know what you're talking about. It's like, just go look at the facts and call me back when you're done having your head shoved the up your ass. The border is <laughs> secure. Oh my gosh! Oh, oh interesting. Oh. Has anyone told the border? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, it's interesting. Well, let's stay on this topic real quick. This kind of takes us a step back, and then we'll go forward again. But this was Bill Burr talking about it, and he actually makes some good points. Whether you like Bill Burr, or don't like Bill Burr, uh, whatever, it doesn't really matter. He he is a funny comedian. I'll give him that. But he he was on Jimmy Kimmel and said this, blaming the liberals for Trump's potential resurgence. Like, I know what I'm going to tell my kids when they get to a certain age. I, I really am. Like, I have it down have about religion and, and people. Really? Narcissists, sociopaths, all of this type of stuff. Like, you want to see a great case thing on, like, narcissism. Liberals are so stupid the way that they handle Trump. What you do know? you mean? You should shut up. What, He's a narcissist. Neutral energy. Yeah, you no think Trump. You think he'd go away? If you know what I think stopped? he was? I think he was a one-hit wonder. Uh-huh. Right? He wrote the twist. Uh-huh. And then that was it. He was on the casino circuit, and then you yeah. idiot liberals wrote him twist again yeah. when you indicted him. And yeah. now he's a martyr. And now he's, he's coming back, Jimmy. The peppermint twist he's is back. He's coming yeah. back. <laughs> it's gonna be great for comedy. He's coming back. <laughs> I can't believe, like, these are honestly going to be our two choices because I, I really try to, with each thing, to try to be, like, figure out who I'm going to... But, I mean, it's got to be... I want somebody in their 40s, somebody that's going to have to live with their decisions. I don't want, like, you know... You with want... any luck... With any luck, they'll both die of natural causes <laughs> before the election. And maybe you could get somebody that still has something to live for. Wow. You know? You, this year, you're not going to get a visit from Santa, but you are going to get a visit from the Secret Service. Why? I said die peacefully. <laughs> oh, you did. I, I didn't did. hear peacefully. I did. Oh, no, and did. then you threw that in. I must have thrown that in. Yeah. Bill Burr is Wait here. He means no harm. <laughs> okay. So I'm sure a lot of people are offended because he wasn't supporting Trump there. But he's right. Having someone younger is better. And he's right. The left have just only propped Trump up more with their just visceral hate towards him and keeping him in the headlines all the time. Now, I would say he's he's 
he's uh, comfortable with the system, comfortable in his thoughts that, that the system is quasi-fair in America because he's assuming that Trump will get back in, which if it was a fair system and the left wasn't the vile creatures that they are and our government wasn't so corrupt and broken, that he would get back in because he's the leader of the most popular political movement in our country's history, arguably, or at least our lifetime. So, but as we were saying earlier, Bill... You're, you're actually right on a lot of the points you made there. You're just forgetting the fact that the left isn't going to let it happen. Right. Which is a big omission. There's a possibility. Again, not trying to sound all Debbie Downer, but if you were them and you were that terrified, would you do anything and everything to prevent it, especially knowing that you don't have to play within the rules? Do we have any limitations on how we do this? No, we don't. Okay. Popular opinion would have moved on from Trump if the indictments would have come, wouldn't have come down. And with each indictment, he gets more and more popular. And one thing that most Americans have is a sense of fairness. When they feel like somebody's being piled on and gone after in a very personal way, then it's like they realize that the system is totally unfair. Right. And they're like, all right, well, if you're going to you know persecute this person— by malicious, malicious prosecution, then we're going to stick up for him. We're going to have their back because if you can do that to him, you can do that to any of us. Right. And that's what uh, that was. That was the misstep by the left, and that just shows the hubris of the left, where they're like, you know what, we're going to demolish him, and part of demolishing him is also to demoralize his base. Right. And that's why it's imperative for them to put him behind bars and never let him run again. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, to me, I, I agree with Tom. We're taught, we were taught at a young age to play by the rules, whether you played in sports or at school, whatever it was, play by the rules. Now they're seeing the Democrats not play by the rules, and they're able to do whatever they want with Trump. And that's where there's people who may not be on Trump's side, but maybe like maybe Trump's up to something because now they're not playing by the rules to get him to not be— the next president or be the next nominee, whatever it is. And it, it's, it's, it's helping Trump. But, but the, the problem is, is it doesn't matter, right? Yeah. Because there's enough people aware, enough people that support him now to get him through if the system was fair. The, the problem is just that the system's not fair. They are waking more people up, but, but in, in turn, and it's waking even more people up because in turn, as a result of that, the left is having to come even more out in the open with their shenanigans and be like, all right, well, I guess we got to do this now. They're going to know that it was us. Well, it doesn't really matter anymore. Let's just do it. Well, well yeah, all the stuff they said Trump was going to do, he's going to get us into the next world war. He's going to take the economy. He's going to do all this stuff. They were trying to project it onto him because they were going to try to stop him as much as he could. Trump did a great job. But now that Biden's doing it, they're still throwing it on Trump. Oh, well, this was this was happening when Trump was in office. We're just playing cleanup. You know, the economy was in a tailspin. It wasn't in a tailspin, but they don't even they can't even take credit for their own actions. Yeah, that's just where we are. That's I mean, other than putting Trump in, in prison and being done with him ever getting, you know, being elected president again. This is all playing into the left's favor because it, it's yes, it is half not letting Trump become president again, but the other half, and I think the more important ha uh, part of the other half is the demoral demoralization component to it, because most people who support Trump believe that there were shenanigans going along with going on with the elections. Right. So if you take that there's election interference or some kind of you know 
uh, election electioneering that's happening. And you build up to a point where you have a base that is like getting very excited and rallying around their guy. Then all of a sudden he's taken out of it. That demoralizes everybody. And then they come to a place where they're like, there's nothing more that we can do. The system is rigged. They took our guy away. They put him in prison. Elections are rigged. What's the point in vo voting anymore? Yeah. And I don't, I don't think it's very hard to discount the demoralization factor and what the left is trying to do. That's a very important component of their strategy. Yeah. No, it absolutely is. And, and, and unfortunately, they're having success on a lot of it. Uh, today's sounded very Debbie Downer, guys. I, that's not the <laughs> intent. I, what I want is for people to just keep things in check and remember Take good news, but then also remember that the other side is just constantly shifting with their tactics and approach with with the with the end goal being we will win no matter what come hell or high water. We're going to execute what we need to execute because that's just how they play. So take the victories. Just 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 don't assume that things all I mean, think about it. There's so many people that are like everything is so broken. We're net, we're losing our country. This country's going to hell in a handbasket and rah, 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 rah. And I can my people be rolling over in their graves. And then they get one piece of good news. They're like, we're back, bitches. It's like, <laughs> no, 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 no. That was a good piece of news. There is some good things going on in a bad, dark world. But don't forget all the stuff you just said, because a lot of it, not all of it, is true. And one right doesn't replace in the world of politics and, and our cultural status here in the country doesn't replace these 150 wrongs. Like we got to stack up a lot more wins. You should still be cautiously optimistic, cautiously optimistic. Right. I mean, it, as soon as we feel like we have a win, there's always other things that come out that like, well, that's not really a win. And that sort of negates the win that we thought we had. Yeah. yeah. You know, I don't know if you've seen this new rule that has been written by the ATF as far as gun purchases go and what they want to do with it. I don't know if I have, Dud. Well, they've made a <laughs> do new I rule now it? that even if you're a private seller, that makes you a gun dealer. So you can't do straw purchases or any of that stuff? Well, like, I can't, you, you can't, I can't sell Disco a gun or you a gun because you're I not need, an FFL license. Yes, yeah. exactly. Okay. But that's not gone through. No, it's not gone through. Right, so sell your shit now if you want to. Although I would say don't shell, yeah. sell, buy. But um, but that goes back to them chipping away using you know the the bureaucracy. Right. And we've been seeing that the entire time that he's been in office. And again, Republicans don't do dick about it. Right. They just sit there and go, you know what? We're going to do things the right way. Right. In the meantime. Democrats are just running roughshod over everything and going, ah, okay, let's see, Second Amendment gone, First Amendment gone, Third, ah, we're going to get rid of that, uh, Fourth, definitely gone. Yeah. You know, and Republicans are like, no, we're going to legislate our way back. Yeah. But they're going to have to keep the fifth so then they can say, I can't say. Doesn't, it just doesn't work. Uh, nice guys finish last in, in politics. And, and when it comes to all this stuff, you just can't do it that way. You got to play with a different spirit and again for the for the we're down we're down and then we're up kind of thing i just find it remarkable too and i i'll have these moments as well myself so i'm not saying i'm immune from this where we all think about it going back to 
forever. Not just the 2016 election, not, not Obama's era, the Bush, just going way back. How many times have you as an individual, has we, have we as a community said, you can't trust polls, polls are bullshit, they lie to us all the time, they're, they're just part of misinformation campaigns, which they are. And we always say that, and then we get some good news in a poll, and we're like, did you see the latest? It's like, yeah, like, fuck yeah, we're yeah. back, yeah. You just, you just, you wrote an essay on how polls mean nothing, and then one comes out that goes your way, and you're like, these things are amazing, and we're going to win. Yeah, well, keep it in check. But even just like without the poll, like every, like when W got in, like, oh, we're finally going to have a president's going to get something done for us. And they got nothing done. Even what you did, the Republicans had controlled the House, right? I mean, at that time, I'm trying to remember. And the Senate, right? Wasn't it Republican controlled Republican controlled then? I can't remember. No, I don't think so. It was under Trump. We had everything. Under yeah. Trump. But even we still barely got anything done then, too. It, it was like nothing. Yeah. It was awful. We got 20 years of war out of W. Yeah. Yeah. And the Patriot Act. Yeah. 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 Yay! <laughs> Win. Uh, let's get to some sports here. I'm I'm ready to change the pace as we wrap up tonight's night. Let's do sports. So over the weekend, we were going to talk this yesterday. Jaden Daniels of LSU won the Heisman Trophy. Congrats to that young man, a transfer from Arizona State. The amount of people who have won over the last decade who were not transfers. I think is maybe not the full last decade, but the last long stretch, too. Okay. Devontae Smith and Bryce Young, both from Alabama, who won back-to-back. But all these folks have have transferred to new places and and found their groove, caught a heater, and gone on to win. Uh, remarkable that he won not being a, a quarterback on a team that won the SEC West or their conference, uh, but still just put up insane numbers uh, very deserved uh, deserved award uh, for him in that that win. Michael Penix finished second, but <clears throat> that was interesting. It's gonna be interesting too. Jaden Daniels is flying up the the mock draft boards as well, so we'll see where where that lands him with that. Certainly, he just made some some money there. Army Navy, great game, was tight. It wasn't as tight until the very end, and then it was tight. But Army eked out the victory there. If you were there, I'm sure you had a great time. So much pageantry and 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 whatnot. But I thought this next story was interesting. There's there's two two things I just want to hit on before we go for the day. And so you had Willie Fritz, who had done a hell of a job building up Tulane. Tulane's got their own stadium now. They're on campus, you know, way back when they were playing in the Superdome. And, uh, you know, just wasn't a great program. They were a great academic school, but weren't great. Fast forward, they've they've really done themselves a solid and built a a, a group of five program that's that's pretty impressive been going bowling uh, for, for years and years. Willie Fritz said he wasn't going to leave. I'm going to retire here until the University of Houston job popped up. Like, never mind, I'm going to retire over there. So, <laughs> Like I said, I'm going to retire over there. <laughs> so he leaves, and you've got uh, the new head coach, John Sumrall, who came in and made quite the uh, guarantee for a two-lane head coach in his press conference here. Take a listen. What I, told, what I tell all my guys is, look, you don't want to fight me because I, I don't fight fair. I'm going to win. <laughs> but our vision here is we're going to win conference championships. We're going to win bowl games. I'm telling you right now, I'm speaking into existence. We're going to make the college football playoff, and we're going to win it. <laughs> I 
and we're going to sell out this stadium every time we play it. We need your help. All right, you're probably going to sell the stadium out. I like his confidence. I like your confidence. But you're, look, bro, John, let me just be real with you. We've been being real with people all day today. Apparently, that's just, this is just a truth session. You're not going to win the college football playoff. If this were 1975, I would say he might have a chance. Because, you know, this, him saying that, would, would, it would be like, you know, the, un, the great underdog story of all time. They go undefeated, and there's a groundswell of support for them. Get them in the big game. They probably won't win the national championship. But by some luck and magic, they end up winning. Yeah. But it's not 1975. It's not. not I could see them making the 12-team the playoff with a great year, maybe, but but that's still going to be a tough sell, and then you, you got to go through that gauntlet. The gauntlet that would be this year of all the teams who should be in if we had a better system. Man, I, I just don't see it happening, bro, unless they're able to really grow their collective and get a ton of money dumped into that for, for NIL deals, and they go like blue-chip style, which wasn't an NIL deal. Remember that movie? Yeah, it's going to be hard to – you know, go against LSU right. in your backyard. Right. Yeah. Here's why you should come here, play in front of a smaller audience in a conference that doesn't matter. I know that's offensive to some people, but it doesn't. There's only two right now that matter. So most people are getting screwed by everything that's happening, but it, it is. And here's what we can pay you. Well, LSU uh, packed the house. It's one of the, you know, rowdiest environments just down the road and they can give me this amount of money and I could win a national championship there that you're going to go there. You're going to get good kids to Tulane because there's more parity than there's ever been before in college football, which is one of the benefits of some of the stuff that's happening. But <clears throat> that's a, that's a bold ass statement. Yeah. It, you saw the video that I sent you yesterday. The kid from Oklahoma gets off the G five he, you know, it, it's a video of him saying whether he's going to stay or leave. He gets off the G5. He walks to somebody. I don't know who it is. I don't think it's the coach. or. But anyways, this person throws him a key fob for a vet, and then all of a sudden he puts on a fur coat and jumps in the vet and drives off and says, I'm staying. Yeah. <laughs> How are you going to compete with that? It's really hard. You, I mean, you, a power program like that you know, with a big collective, that's just that's just. You can't. The answer is you can't. My, how things have changed. This, this, is, this was very different uh, 24 years ago when, when, when I was around for a short while. Just, I just, it's just freaking wild. Freaking wild. You had um, Sam Hartman, who, you know, had transferred from Wake, played a year at Notre Dame, quarterback going into the draft next year, announced he's not playing in the bowl game. And he, a six-minute video. Six-minute video on making his announcement. It's just it, it's crazy stuff, which has less to do with the NIL money in that case. But uh, but just man, the whole thing has changed. I wish Tulane and John Sumrall well. I I I think that they're doing a great job of building a program there. But it's it's what you're talking about is universes away. It just is. Then we we talked offline yesterday. But there was a lot of hubbub about the whole Chiefs-Bills game, right? And you, we'll, we'll just play this. Maybe just mute this and play this. But, but Mahomes was pissed over a call. You can see him here just losing his ever-loving mind on the sideline. And 
at yelling at the refs over the call because they, they said Kadarius Tony was lined up off sides, had this amazing play. They're down to the Bills, ended up losing to the Bills, but they're down. He hits Kelsey down the seam. Great play. Kelsey's about to get lit up, turns, throws the ball, not laterals, throws the ball, a nice throw, by the way, to Kadarius Tony, who's opposite field, catches it, runs it in for the score. They call it all back because they say he lined up offsides, which he did. He did line up offsides. We were talking yesterday. I don't have a problem with Mahomes being that passionate because I think that's a rallying cry. You know, people are like, he, he should be embarrassed and this, that. And no, he's a ball player. And he's, he's among the top ball players we've seen in a long time. He just wants to win. He feels like they got screwed. You, if, if you've been in that environment, you get it. Like, you're passionate. It's more scary if you do nothing and just like, well, that sucks. He, he cares. But there was a couple interesting things. One, well, we'll do this first. When you, so when you go, if you're playing receiver, if, you, if you've played receiver or you've played ball, you know this. When you, you break the huddle and you sprint out to your designated spot, whether you're an X or a Z or wherever you're, wherever you're lining up, if you check with the ref, you get there and then you look down to the ref and you say, I'm on the line or I'm off the line and there will be some adjustments. Hey, scoot back, whatever your number is or scoot up, whatever your number is. So that check kind of occurs. It's kind of a safety valve to make sure you're set. And when you see the game and we and and some of the footage and you see pre-play, he's definitely lined up off sides. However, the one thing I will say, it was still the right call. The confusing element, and one of the reasons the Chiefs are pissed, and I think rightfully so after this, is here's a fan who filmed, they're pretty much right on the line of scrimmage. And they filmed down the line. You're gonna see Kadarius Tony come running towards you, look at the ref, and do the check on the line. And, and and he's he's cleared, and then the flag goes out. So show this real quick. So there he is. You're going to see him line up. He's past the ball, but he – did we already do it? No, not yet. Sc scroll back a little bit. So he's clearly offside there, but watch his left hand come out here. Okay, he just did. He already went back. But he, he goes over to the side judge there and, and gives him that hand. And then eventually he's called back. But you can see yes, he's, pointing he's pointing there. there. So, uh, uh, again, you can also visibly see that he is offsides. Well, so my question would be to you is the orange marker, the check for him, or is it where the ref is standing the check to? No, it's where the ball is. Gotcha. It's where the ball is. Well, He's just doing a check with the ref who... Yeah, but what I would say, too, is that orange marker and the ref are... That doesn't mean anything. They're not lined up. No, he needs to, He should have looked at the ball, but he looked over there, too, thinking, oh, I'm good. No, he looked over there to do this to the ref, because yeah. then the ref will say, scoot back, scoot up. Gotcha. Yeah. So all that to say, I mean, when you see that and you see him actually do that check, now maybe the ref missed it. And he, he did it and was like, all right, I didn't get anything, so I'm good. Uh, there's corrections that need to be done all over the place. But I also see there was some intent there. So even though he was, in fact, offsides, he was, he was doing things normally. Anyways, it was a contentious moment. Everyone's got their views on it. Mahomes has since come out and apologized um, for, for his— I don't know why. I don't know why either. It's like, bro, 
you know, I'm sorry, and I shouldn't have been mad when I was, you know, greeting Josh Allen. He didn't say anything mean to Josh Allen. I listened to the whole thing. He just was still pissed. And you could see Josh was like, all right, man, patted him on the chest and walked off like, I know you're not mad at me. You're just, you're mad about the call. But I don't know why he apologized. But this was confusing to me, too. I don't think you apologize. You move on. But I saw this was a headline on an ESPN article. And I'm just going to read it to you. But it says, Chiefs won't give up on Kadarius Toney after penalty. What what are you talking about? (laughs) You know what? Sorry, you're fired. (laughs) We won't give up on you? Like, why, why is anyone from the PR office saying that? Coach, you know, front office, whatever. Call it a fair call. Call it a bogus call. Call it whatever you want. But you're making it seem like he, like raped somebody like we're not going to give up on him we're going to we're going to be with him throughout we're gonna help the process him as he fixes himself like no he he had a play that he was off sides uh, he's a stud athlete to me it sounds like it's a miscommunication maybe maybe someone's from the chief said to this person we're not going to give up on talking with the officials to figure out what's going on but then they took that as oh we're not going to give up on him i don't know who knows or but that, maybe there's something going on that we don't know about has he made boneheaded plays in the past and have his coaches gotten on him does it seem like he doesn't care you know there there's a lot of inside baseball we don't know about sure it's absolutely and 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 uh, to me though i just saw the headline we're not going to give re- up and to be clear, too, I didn't read the full article. Right. So so maybe there's some other elements they're hitting. It. But it's like after this and everyone's talking about Kadarius Tony and this play and Mahomes' response and all of that, I just come up with a better – I mean, ESPN. Maybe it's just on ESPN. Come yeah. up with a better headline. Right. But if you watch Kadarius on that play, after the Kelsey receives the ball – He's just kind of dogging it. To him, the play's over with. He's like, oh, and then all of a sudden, the ball gets thrown to him, and, you know, he runs it in. But I could kind of—I kind of see—I see both sides. I think that there might be something up with him that the coaches don't like. Yeah, maybe. Maybe you know, so. If you watch that play and watch the ISO on him, it just looks like, you know, he's like, yeah, whatever, the ball didn't come to me. He's not looking to throw a block. He's not looking to do anything other than go back to the home. Yeah, he's not playing. Well, to the- he, he spits his mouthpiece out. Mm. Yeah, see, I didn't see the mouthpiece thing, but I saw him kind of be lackadaisical. I thought maybe that was just him kind of playing into the play. Like, maybe, like, if a defense was seeing him, he'd see that he, he had given up. He's not an active player. You know, type of deal. That's what I got from that. Not, but now that you say that, maybe. Yeah, I I thought that that play. I didn't think that was a design play. I think Kelsey just saw an opportunity. I don't. Do you think it was a design play? No, absolutely not. No, I think it was just. I mean, you never know because they will come up with Andy Reid, and then will come up with some stuff, and he lets the players come up with some crazy stuff. But I think that was. This is it. Yeah, we've we've got a score here. I'm not just going to go down. There's Kadarius. He's wide-ass open. That's why yeah. Kadarius looked to me like he was surprised in getting the ball. And that yeah, would, no, I that think, I think he was because yeah. I think it was like, all right, Travis has got it. There's going to be a first down, you know, yada, yada. I, I'm done. He's, you still play to the whistle. Right. And, and you're all but, – but I think that's why he was surprised is, is that's happening. And I pulled this up just while we were talking. Andy Reid, Coach Andy Reid said Kansas City Chiefs won't be giving up on a wide receiver, Kadarius Tony, even after he made a costly mistake late in the fourth quarter of Sunday's loss. Says the thing I know is he makes plays. He makes plays when he has the ball. 
in his hand, and that's important. He's a young guy. He doesn't have a ton of experience, but I think he's getting better every week. Uh, and then they talk about um, how – where was it? Andy said that Tony didn't check with the official before the flag. But that's why the fans are putting this out and defending him like, yeah, he did. Like, he came over and did this. So, look, everyone's going to think everyone's wrong on it. It's been an interesting conversation and debate back and forth. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. You're off sides. Well, and you've got a loss. I mean, the game is over. You can't go back and fix it. You can't change. That's not a challengeable call. You were off sides, and you move on. And you go and try and win next week. Both teams have got to try and win next week, but – Interesting conversation. All that to say. All that to say. All right, folks. We're wrapping up. Tom's got to get his, his beauty sleep. I mean, that, that hair doesn't stay brown on its own. Yes. So. It was a rough night last night with the Dolphin game. Yeah. Yeah, that was quite the comeback uh, at the end there. Quite the comeback. Sorry. Both those games had great finishes. Not a great finish for, for Finns fans, but but. They both, they both ended up being tight at the end there. Sorry for your loss. Go get some rest. Drink it off. And we'll look forward to seeing all of you guys tomorrow. Thanks for spending time with us. Please hit that like button on the way out if you have not already. We'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Be safe. Be smart. Be free.